deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. A lock don't be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for Lapis fans. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, I'm pretty sure I just said podcast. Definitely. Um, definitely pop, you did. Do pop, you want to run at that one again? Hello. Hello, everyone. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed mm. fans. Mm-hmm. And I'm your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. Uh, and 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 how are you doing? You're you're not mispronouncing anything today. You're, you're no, sharp. and I certainly will not. No. Ever. <laughs> that is the shrieking shack promise. You heard it here, top of the episode. Liz will not mispronounce a single thing. Uh, this entire episode, and neither will I. Other I'm than pretty th- sure last week I completely biffed on, I don't even want to try to say it, entrepreneurial. I did it again because I, I get in my head about it. Well, I wouldn't get too worried about that because, um, in my opinion, uh, that word is stupid. Uh, so Thank you. Thank you. I agree. To, you don't have to get, there. no respect for entrepreneurs here <laughs> uh, on, on the Shrinking Shack. Uh <laughs> uh yeah no i'm 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 not 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 interested in in giving that word the uh the uh the respect it it, it demands you know yeah so yeah not, get, all the, get all the shark tank fans out of here oh god uh i've watched <laughs> so much shark tank just like absorbed it through Bummer. my life yeah Bummer. not 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 great uh that guy one of the guys on that killed someone with a boat or something over the weekend there was a whole that what that was yeah the 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 maybe the richest and 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 most horrible of them it's it's kind of up in the air i don't know exactly uh 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 which 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 way round it was either he owns the boat or he was on the boat or maybe he was driving the boat but but he he like decapitated someone with his boat on a lake so yikes uh i i'm gonna go ahead and say to him i'm out i can't invest in that one uh uh not that that one's not for me good call good call um we don't have a lot of news here we um we've we've been dealing with kind of a, a an uptick of news up until this week we had the app we had uh uh, uh jk rowling reappearing in glasgow um but we have not not really had anything this week however refinery 29 the fine the fine folks at refinery 29 stepped up to the plate for us Hmm. um this isn't news but it is an op-ed that i think is uh uh, very fitting for our podcast um game of thrones and harry potter are over but for diehard fans it's still a way of life neither of those things are over though (laughs) yeah there's like three game of thrones uh prequels in the works yeah for sure a record-breaking 19.3 million people tuned into HBO for the finale of Game of Thrones in May. Almost immediately after leaving Westeros forever, again, not forever, uh, 1.7 million of them signed a now-infamous p- petition simply titled Remake Game of Thrones in Season 8. These millions of dedicated fans were, and still are, since signatures are still rolling in, demanding the eighth season of the HBO series, an adaptation of George R.R. Martin's still-unfinished A Song of Ice and Fire series, to be rewritten to a more uh, satisfactory ending. That won't happen. Well, a prequel TV series. No, no, it it won't. (laughs) Uh, And ostensibly, two more books are on their way. 
Hopelessly devoted fans of the TV series have in the meantime been shipped off to the island of misfit fans. They Mm. join an ever-growing pool of people who have watched their favorite thing, book, movie, show, even politician, that's very ominous, conclude its run, leaving them with only their art, fan fiction, merch, and thankfully each other. While they've had to let go of the story that brought them together, the communities haven't dispersed. They're still writing, creating, and moderating, and none of them have plans to leave. The story is still there. Yeah, the, the, it's fine. It's the, You can still talk about it. There are still themes, symbols, and characters you can discuss. Definitely. I held my next oldest sister's hand through the entire thing, and we bawled our eyes out because it was really like our childhood was ending. Renee McBrien, Instagram manager for popular Harry Potter fansite MuggleNet, told Refinery29 over email about watching Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Is she the one that has us blocked on Twitter? No, I don't think the Instagram manager has us blocked on Twitter. Uh, I was a week from getting married and she had just graduated high school. It was really emotional for both of us. While the Fantastic Beasts franchise still going strong and the Cursed Child play is on Broadway, it might be easy to forget that Harry Potter books ended almost 10 years ago and the original movies more than five years ago. However, the franchise captured audiences with a similar Game of Thrones further fervor. Excuse me. Oh, damn. I mispronounced a word. Uh, five, got it. We got to start it? over. Five minutes and 30. Hello, everyone. And welcome to the Shrinking <laughs> Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lap span. Um, let's see. Uh, over 8 million people purchased the final book in the 24 hours following its release. Uh, and the final movie made $1.3 billion worldwide. All the MuggleNet staff members I spoke to, whose positions are part-time and volunteer-based, used the same phrase. It felt like a chapter had closed. Many of them had grown up with the books, so in a way, the series' end was sending them off to their next stages of life. But the fandom itself was still very much alive. We're in a very divided place, Amy Hogan, creative media manager at MuggleNet, explained. There's those who love Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald, or Cursed Child, and then there are those who adamantly despise them. This divide could also foreshadow Game of Thrones fans' reactions to the prequels, creating two clear groups of fandoms, the OGs and the Adaptables. Uh, what? I think, yeah. uh, the OGs and the Adaptables, the classic uh, teams in fandom. Uh, what are, you, are, you, are you an OG or an Adaptable? Uh, OG, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess we're OG <laughs> here on the Shrieking Shack uh a lot of hate nitpicking and animosity has popped up in the fandom especially over the past mm. few years mcbrien echoed of the potter world Ooh. I, I i feel i feel a little called out mm, my ears are burning yeah Ooh. Ooh. it's a little but hot it, in here <laughs> but it has also grown into a very positive community potter fans support each other in hard times whether it's by starting a gofundme uh or offering a com- comforting quote from the works oh those two things you uh. can do <laughs> financial support or offering a a comforting quote (laughs) there's nothing better than a comforting quote in hard times i i can't wait next time next time you're feeling low and you message me and you're like oh my neighbor is is keeping me up all night listening to seven nation army Mm -hmm. again i'm gonna offer you offer you a a comforting quote from from harry potter i can't wait for that i'm sure that'll make me feel a lot better and not actually really angry (laughs) i wonder what comforting quote i got well we have a lot of quotes about um uh uh uh, people hearing things in the dungeons uh oh yeah so i'm like hey just be thankful you're not taking remedial potions 
and hearing everyone having lunch in the the hall everyone clamoring uh, about while you're trying to concentrate on exactly. on working on your podcast yeah exactly uh, the fandom is literally spread across the globe because we can all relate to the themes of the stories in one way or another that's how fandoms form after all a curious reader or viewer follows their curiosity blindly into a dark room only to turn on the light i'm i'm sensing a quote an inspiring quote sensing a comforting quote uh and see equally passionate people already there offering them a seat uh at first i didn't know anyone who felt the same way i did about twilight natalie davies who is part of a larger twilight art community and sells collages inspired by the series on etsy wrote in an email it was the blog posts and twilight communities online that reassured me that i wasn't alone in what i was feeling as a mom in her 40s who couldn't stop thinking about this quote-unquote adolescent series Ah, that's sweet i like that Turns out she was standing side by side with 1.3 million other people who purchased the final book in the series, Breaking Dawn. Uh, the final film adaptation, Breaking Dawn Part 2, earned a total. Oh, this is sad, actually, compared to this is kind of a, a, a dunk um, compared to the Harry Potter number they cited earlier. Uh, Breaking Dawn Part 2 earned a global $8.3 million in t- 2012. That's not. That is not much globally for a blockbuster film. That's a bummer. I, I, one, I'd like to say I support Twilight fans. Oh yeah, just, absolutely. Just out of the gate here. Um, for sure. Two, I think Breaking Dawn is maybe one of the worst books I've ever read. I put it down halfway <laughs> through. Like I just, I just straight up could not finish it. Um, extreme, like honestly, like really, just very boring. At the end of yeah. the day, I'm just like, ah. Uh. I. All I know is that in the movie, which I've not seen the movie all the way through, but I have seen the part where they meet for a like budget Lord of the Rings battle. Right. On a frozen lake. And they're like, because the only way to kill a vampire in Twilight is to like decapitate them or whatever. Yeah. Uh, all of the like action scenes end with someone getting their head like kicked off and stuff like that. So it's very funny. But I, yeah. I've not seen I've, well, well, that's the thing is like Breaking Dawn, I think, is, like I said, one of the worst books I've ever read. <laughs> um, and yet I think that the Breaking Dawn part two movie is the one I'm most interested in because all of those decapitation scenes were added for the movie because would, nothing happens in the book. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they invented that whole scene wholesale for the movie and also to get like more because it's Michael Sheen uh like like hamming it up as like the evil vampire king or whatever yeah the the italian vampire king 100 which just sounds like a great time to me honestly i believe i believe that whole sequence is also ends up being like a dream or a vision yeah it doesn't actually happen so i i I want to watch that movie at some point that would be a a fun one to watch for sure uh Seven years later, Davies is still making Twilight-inspired collages. She sells for anywhere between $3 to $20 on Etsy, from small Edward Cullen paper ornaments to a painting of Bella's bedroom. She's stuck around because she's watching the next generation begin to discover the series and continue to find new podcasts and events related to the franchise. But, uh, But the main reason is simple. She just loves it. I can't imagine anything else capturing my imagination in the way Twilight did, she says, it's never going to get old for me. I'm, it's never going to tarnish or bore me. There is a great need. We all have to appreciate things that make us happy and bring us joy. Uh, I like Natalie. 
she's got a good head on her shoulders here about her fandom. I'm a big fan. Uh, Harry Potter fans are similarly resolute in their desire to stay rooted in the fandom. I think 20 years from now, the films will be remade, Meg Scott, social copy media editor at MuggleNet, predicts. I think in 200 years from now, the films will be re- remade. I think 200? Generation- yes! <laughs> 20 years from now, and then after that, 200 years from now, the films will be remade. I think generations of Potter fans will come to pass, and people whose grandparents hadn't even been born yet will be reading Harry Potter in the future. Yes, people do keep reading reading books. Although I honestly have a legitimate question, and it's kind mm. of going back to the Twilight thing. <laughs> I know that like kids now are still reading Harry Potter, right? Yeah, like I know mm-hmm. that to be true. And I don't mean this as a dunk. No. And I know some people are certainly coming to Twilight new, but is that yeah. like a thing? Like are no, new people I, coming to Twilight? I'm really not sure it is. Twilight I, really felt like a flash in the pan to me. Yeah, I, I it's interesting, right? Because like, again, like you say, like, I, I don't mean this to like dump on Twilight at all. I, I, I don't think everything needs to be, uh, you know, a massive uh, uh you know pillar of pop culture right like it it, that that's not a that's not a value judgment but yeah i've not seen uh twilight endure uh in the culture in the same way that harry potter has sort of been like passed down you know Mm -hmm. um and i think part of that i think i think maybe what might happen and you know this is completely i've i've no (laughs) you know i have no evidence for this i i have no no real anything to back this up this is just just something i wonder is i think a lot of twilight fans even at the time twilight was coming out were older than harry potter fans were when harry potter was coming out right like like a huge chunk of the fandom for twilight was like middle-aged women Um, yeah and i wonder if when our generation becomes middle-aged women there will be sort of like the delayed hand-me-down of like oh now i'm interested in twilight right like like maybe that kicks in later than because harry potter is very much a kid's story twilight doesn't have that same appeal i don't think um i I think i think it really was more of like you know it's, it's fantasy for for suburban moms or whatever and 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 maybe when that is the stage of life more people uh who are in you know nerd culture or whatever get there maybe then it 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 like comes back i don't know it's really interesting i definitely remember people at school reading twilight but it definitely was not to the same at the same kind of level that harry potter was and it and it in in retrospect i look back more at the twilight thing happening at least at my school it's obviously very anecdotal but um it felt much more like everyone's first romance novel like it was like everyone that was reading it probably enjoys romance novels and that was just the first the first one that made that big splash right it's kind of like the gateway thing like yeah because there's nothing like harry potter is like a fantasy novel and a mystery novel but it's kind of unique uh it's a unique combination of things so if you want what harry potter offers you're basically either going to like go for harry potter or 
like Charlie Bone or uh, oh hell yeah or um uh the, the other one who's the other guy Percy Jackson right like 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 that's a fairly limited scope whereas Twilight I think that if you if you read Twilight and you want more like that there's like endless good options for like romance or erotica right like there's sort of multiple forks in the road you can take from twilight that kind of lead you away from there i think yeah i i i think that the impact that twilight has had on culture it has much le- like not very much to do with twilight and more right. to do with like what the landscape of ya looks like the landscape of ya and also like the like like twilight was maybe I mean, like quite literally, you know, in 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 in, uh, in specificity, but like proto Fifty Shades, right? Like the 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 like kind of easing in the the social acceptability of reading t- romance novels as like a just like a, a thing that you tell people you do, right? Like yeah, and do openly. Um. Uh. So maybe Fifty Shades sort of like superseded it uh, in that sense, where it's like like you know now now the everyone everyone got used to it with twilight and now the real shit come, kicks in right uh, mm-hmm. uh i don't know it's interesting this is all very blessed but um we have to we have to move on and and uh get to the heart of why i picked this article <laughs> mm-hmm. so you might remember that there was an ominous list there that included uh fantasy films books and politicians right yeah yeah i do not everyone is hopeful that the thing they love will return in fact author andrew schaefer is dreading it shortly after barack obama and joe biden left the white house amidst all the sadness and hopelessness that was plaguing hillary clinton voters schaefer and quirk books published the presidential fan fiction hope never dies an adventure buddy comedy that reunites the president and his vice president for a rollicking Amtrak-inspired thriller. Its sequel, Hope Rides Again, was published this summer. And the third one, well, I can't really write a third one until I know what's going to happen with Joe Biden, Schaefer told Refinery29 over the phone. Biden had entered the 2020 race for president and it's possible he could win, which would ironically dull the shine of Schaefer's fantasy. I think it would just defeat the purpose of the book. What I want for the country and what I would want for a book series are two vastly different things. What a fucking amateur. What an amateur <laughs> to sit there and be a published fan fiction writer and care about canon at all. <laughs> this is so deeply cur- like for one thing just the idea of presidential fan fiction novels hope never dies like let me quirk let me open this hope never dies oh it's got a cover illustration of joe biden driving a pontiac with obama leaning out the window and pointing (sighs) ahead triumphantly i was trying to deflect (laughs) Mm, sorry sorry we got it (laughs) uh hope dies hope never dies is a 300 page work of political fan oh that's that's a review i don't want a review i want the description give me the fucking description vice president joe biden and president barack obama team up in this high stakes thriller that combines a mystery worthy of watson and holmes with the laugh out loud bromantic chemistry of lethal weapon 
Vice President Joe Biden is fresh out of the Obama White House and feels adrift when his favorite railroad conductor dies in a suspicious accident. What? Leaving behind an ailing wife and a trail of clues to unravel the mystery, Amtrak Joe reteams the only man he's ever trusted, the 44th President of the United States. Together, they'll plumb the darkest corners of Delaware, traveling from cheap motels to biker bars and beyond as they uncover the sinister forces advancing America's opioid epidemic. Oh, no, that came out of nowhere. Oh, oh this geez. is grim. This is some grim, grim stuff. Just Part write noir. fiction. I mean, I know Ugh. it's fiction. Ugh. But. Ugh. Yuck. Yuck. Yuck, I don't like it. Tastes bad. Uh, that's <laughs> what I have to say about that one. Uh, but for more straightforward fandoms like Game of Thrones, the legacies of Twilight and Harry Potter should give them hope. I'm a lot less interested in the fandom than I used to be. Leafeon123, who created the Reddit forum Freefolk, told the refinery. <laughs> to- By the way, good, you're just going to say, good taste in evolutions. Uh, sure. Leafeon's great. Uh, I don't have any plans to stop moderating, but I spend a lot less time browsing for my own enjoyment. Instead, they're focusing on what's ahead, the HBO prequels, George R.R. Martin's final books. They've already added new moderators to the forum in preparation for these releases, and as far as the TV ending is concerned, the community is much bigger than showrunners, uh, the showrunners anyway. I think the future is bright, Leafeon says. It's still a beloved universe. It's not the end. It's just the end of a chapter, even if the next one is taking almost 20 years to write. Yeah. Yeah. I... I do not think I, I didn't read this to like dunk on the refinery 29 article specifically. It is, it is just the, that horrible nugget of information about the Joe Biden fan fiction that really just sticks in my craw here. It is, this is unrelated, but it is reminding me that I always see whenever I go to target, I see that James Patterson book oh the one he wrote with bill clinton yes that's what it reminds me of that's <laughs> that is so cursed that is one of the i i, I that is a that is a cursed tome that is a necronomicon that i know i know and ever it's like, want to open i i know that they wrote that that fiction together right like it's just like a pretty run-of-the-mill uh like popular fiction thriller different thing than this this fan fiction about joe mm-hmm. biden and barack obama but they are lighting up the same like if i were in like an mri <laughs> it's lighting up the same part of my brain yes yeah the, the same dark the dark corner of your brain that you really don't want activated that reminds you <laughs> that there are people who are like fans of uh of politicians yeah I don't just, do that just don't, don't. do that and I also love, I I love this idea that like, th- I mean this is the, this is like the 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 most cursed uh, uh, conclusion of that stupid shit people said when Trump was elected that was like, oh well at least it'll be good for art right like oh suffering makes good art, uh which which I mean on its face it's just a stupid horrible thing to say but like. this this is what those people mean is like damn we'll get some i'll I'll get to write a book about joe biden doing a fucking sherlock mystery with obama and i'll and i'll make some money off of that that's worth that's worth having a shitty president for do you think there are um politician imagines on wattpad like do you think there's like barack obama imagines i just 
inhaled through my teeth so hard <laughs> I think I nearly swallowed my tongue. We should mm-hmm. put a pin in that and check that out later. Mm-hmm. I can't think about this anymore. Shall we talk about our reading for this week? Yes, let's. We read two chapters this week. We did. They were very short. They were. The first one we do. Do we want to do them one at a time, or do you want to just? go through both of them and then talk about them let's let's go through both of them because honestly like the events are so chronological it's basically one chapter yeah absolutely uh so the first one we read is chapter 35 called fight and flight um umbridge and harry pretty much just get marched out into the forbidden forest with hermione who clearly has a plan uh but as they you know go go deeper into the forest umbridge is starting to get nervous um but hermione is still very confident um but harry notices that she's not doing what he thought she would do, which would be to lead them to Grop, but instead kind of walking in this other direction. But she's she's pretty sure of herself. Um, and, and we find out why when we encounter the centaurs. Um, Umbridge uh, insults them pretty much immediately when when they start to say to get out of their forest. Um, and and she, you know, says that they're not she calls them beings and and says some you know horrible horrible racism stuff at them and so they carry her away um hermione thanks the centaurs for helping and so they the centaurs immediately turn on them and um and and hermione gets scared for real um they the centaurs uh, essentially say that you know we we are not here to help humans uh these kids thought they could just march in and and get get saved by us um we are going to take take them away with that other woman um so hermione's very scared now and crying and she you know tries to apologize harry tries to apologize uh but there's some uh someone else is coming and uh then grop appears and he's yelling hagger he's looking for hagrid um and he shows some sort of recognition of hermione he says her name um and then the centaurs like shoot shoot him with arrows they they try to send him away but he he gets just kind of mad um they shoot him with a bunch of arrows uh the kids just kind of get sprayed with with giant blood and then i guess the centaurs and grop get into like kind of a brawl that travels away so harry and hermione are just kind of stuck in the forest um harry gets super pissed and gets like mad at hermione um He's feeling like they're just kind of racing against time. They have to get to the Department of Mysteries to save Sirius. Um, uh, and Hermione's like, I don't, I don't know what we should do. Um, I guess we should get back to the castle. But it's at that point that Ron, Ginny, Neville, and Luna just casually walk up to them. Um, and they explain that they fought off their Slytherin captors and followed them into the forest. Uh, so how are they going to go save Sirius? Um, Harry gets kind of into a, a little bit of an argument with them and says, like, you guys aren't coming anywhere. I'm just going. Um, and then at, it's at this point that Luna suggests that they ride the Thestrals to the ministry and the Thestrals show, show up and they are uh, attracted to the the blood smell from from the grop blood that they got all over them. Um, so that decision is made. They're going to fly on the Thestrals to the ministry. That's chapter 35. Chapter 36 is called the Department of Mysteries. Um, they give the Thestrals instructions and fly to the ministry. And, and it's like a very like atmospheric flight sequence, basically. Um, they enter the ministry um, 
and they go to the Department of Mysteries and it's very spooky, but it's not exactly like Harry has seen in his dreams. Um, the doors all all whirl around so they can't tell where they're going. Um, they go into uh, the first room they try, um, which is a, has a fish tank with brains in it. Um, Hermione marks it with an X and they try another door. Um, but this one has a what looks like an ancient archway um, and it has a veil and Harry gets like pretty entranced by it, says he can hear something, asks if anyone else can. I think Luna's the only one that can also hear people talking. Um, Hermione gets scared, tells Harry that, you know, he needs to not get not get caught up with that. And, and it's not really working until Hermione mentions Sirius and Harry remembers why they're there. Um we see another, well, they try to go into another room and it breaks the uh, the lockpick knife that, that Harry has from Sirius. So he decides that it can't be that one. And the final room they try is the right room and it has the shelves and shelves of orbs. Um, but Harry is kind of rapidly realizing that Sirius isn't there. He gets really embarrassed and really mad. Um, but before he can uh, kind of apologize or or kind of have his have his meltdown or whatever he's going to do after being so like confused and upset, um, Ron says that there's an orb with his name on it. And Harry goes and sees the orb and decides, well, it has something to do with me and I'm sick of stuff being hidden from me. And he picks it up. Um, but it was a trap. Lucius Malfoy is there and, and he's done just as they planned for him to do. That's the end of our two chapters. It's kind of a real whiplash. I was I was reading our chapters again this morning just to get ready. And uh, I I would say frankly i detest the first chapter that we read here yeah uh, i think it, that's fair it's horrible um but i actually quite like some of the stuff in the department of mysteries adventure so i guess i guess there's that to look forward to in this discussion right yeah but we must we must go into the forest and and discuss all the shit that happens here uh which is just foul honestly um uh, just a little note as 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 they are marching out the corridor. Did you notice, as I did, the the detail about them hearing people eating dinner in the hall or in the great hall? I feel like there must be like a PA system on at all times at Hogwarts. <laughs> I I I was so thrilled to see that. I I would love I would love a breakdown of like okay so 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 here's some here's some uh uh, uh nerdy knowledge uh mm. there's there were um some architects in uh in 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 london um who like were obsessed with the idea of like controlling sound and there are these like old mausoleums and stuff uh, and crypts where the the uh the stonework and like the the arrangement of the 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 corridors and stuff is designed such that like you can basically not hear anything other than someone right next to you it's like dead silent in there wow uh, very creepy cool stuff um hogwarts sounds like it might have been designed by an opposite person who who wanted everyone to hear everything going on in any room of the castle at any given time well they did it that's like they maybe did. maybe there's like a wizard version of that architect <laughs> there's a wizard. he saw that stuff and he was like that's stupid i want the opposite of that i want everyone to hear everything constantly i'd love that so much just a very loud castle at all that times. sounds just miserable that sounds horrible just the worst um 
but uh yeah so that that was like my one my one ray of sunshine in this in this chapter which (laughs) that has happened so much in this book like this book alone there Mm. have been so many of those moments yeah i mean like like honestly this the 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 idea like like the setup of the scene is kind of fun like like they're you know umbrage is kind of marching them out at one point and like it's sort of up in the air whether or not hermione has a plan or not and there's some good tension here Um, sure and the dialogue is kind of funny like they get to they get to hagrid's hut and and umbrage is like ah it must be in hagrid's hut he's like (laughs) no you stupid bitch i hate you and it's not in there uh it's, it's really gets really gets to be be there was some there was something satisfying about like them kind of unloading on umbrage here like yeah like like there there, there, there was kind of some fun just like hermione being really really horrible to umbrage and and then uh um you like you there there was almost this moment where i was like oh am i going to actually enjoy this is it going to be like fun seeing umbridge get her comeuppance or whatever uh but no no oh there's also that very very strange line about harry uh wanting to turn around and grab her by the throat which i thought was quite graphic (laughs) Yeah, I, I some weird stuff like that keeps popping up in this book specifically, and I mm. I legitimately can't tell. And I guess it really doesn't super matter, but I'm not sure if it's supposed to be the Horcrux influence on him, right? Like his his just extreme anger, or whether he's just an angsty teen and he's like, oh, I, I, mm, listening to Slipknot, and I'm gonna choke, I'm gonna choke my teacher, I hate her, right? Like right, it, yeah. It, it kind of could go either way, um. But this this scene in the woods, once they get in a ways and the centaurs appear and surround them, is just a just a ideological train wreck. I think is the way I'll put it. Yeah, it the thing that I thought of the most in this chapter is um, that horrible Disney Pocahontas movie. Yes, mm-hmm. and that's like probably the most generous <laughs> reading of this. <laughs> I think I, okay frankly obviously that movie has a shitload of problems but i think that that is probably like just just purely pound for pound uh less horrible than this because what is so gross and 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 uncomfortable about this is this this to me lines up way more with like uh like that you know the, the like the like subgenre of like horror films where it's about like like you know students who go to the amazon and there's a fictional tribe there and they don't know they're cannibals and they get in they, you know they get in too deep or whatever and it's like supposed like like you know that someone was trying to write this maybe like like deep down as like a a, a pro uh like 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 this is supposed to be like pro the centaurs in this situation but it comes off in like just the most horrible uh uh i don't know i i just i this is a, a quite a tangent but did you did you used to watch the daily show as a teen oh yeah i i can tell you the exact moment where i realized that the daily show might not be on the up and up sure uh and it was in like 2006 or 7 there was a daily show bit where his gag his his hilarious gag about the like the the protests going on was that 
was like just really smug thing about like oh the uh you you think that we're all uh, uh stupid and violent we're gonna uh, uh prove you wrong by throwing rocks at you and shooting you or whatever mm. and i was like oh great read on this situation my guy that's exactly what's happening <sighs> and and that and that is what this feels like uh um umbridge for as much as she is like cosmically punished as a character for being racist here the way that she is punished is confirming all the things that she is racist about which is just super fucked up yeah yeah i i what i did not realize was that it was really the centaurs yes mm-hmm. i thought it was grop me too yeah i had movie poisoning is that what that's from yeah i think in the movie it's just grop I'm are the centaurs sure. in the movie I think very briefly, but I, I think I, I I think I, I could be totally. Maybe I just have completely wrong poisoning, and I was just completely wrong about this in every which angle. But I'm fairly certain in the movies, I think Grop just kind of King Kongs her into the into the into the forest. Hmm. Interesting. But here, it's it's so gross. I mean, like like we we have to kind of stop dancing around uh, dancing around it here. Like J.K. Rowling is a mythology major, and she knows what centaur's deal is in mythology right and the implication here is that umbridge is going to get dragged off into the woods and raped i guess or at least like torture like i don't know like there's no angle that's like good here and all it is is creating that logical racism problem that we were talking about in the grop chapter but on a much more graphic scale and it's just maybe the worst thing this book has done so far yeah i i feel like i don't know like it's hard to say because it's like you kind of have to go in with with that knowledge and i guess like the most generous reading is like kids book cartoon torture is going to happen to her right right yes but I, 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 I'm not I, saying I'm, that's good. But I'm coming in with that knowledge and also the knowledge that J.K. Rowling has that knowledge, right? Yes, that's true. And I just, I am extremely uncomfortable. Uh, I, I'll, I'll back up because, because I'm, you know, there's no actual like textual proof or whatever that that's what happened. But like, it's being purposefully vague in a way that it's hard not to fill in the blanks with that knowledge that I am bringing to the book, right? Yeah, I th- I think the real like the thing that that cements it for me was not even her being comically carried away which is like regardless of what you know or don't know is still just like a a very like loaded image I think. Yes. Mhm. But then when the centaurs kind of turn on the kids and and they kind of have a little bit of an argument about it because Hermione points out and, and the thing that she kind of like staked her whole plan on was saying like, oh, but but you guys won't won't hurt kids or whatever. And then I, I don't know what the line is, but the centaur says like they'll go with the woman or something. They can and join I'm like, the woman. Ugh yeah they they can join yeah it's it's nasty and and it is and like this is why i made that daily show comparison this is exactly that right it is it is the uh the centaurs are going to prove everyone's prejudices wrong by proving them right 
essentially right like 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 your your punishment for having this prejudice against us is confirming that prejudice which is just loaded and and terrible on so many levels it is disastrous i think this might be war like the house elf stuff is fucking vile but i think this might be worse definitely because it is just so mean-spirited and ugly not that this is an ex- is an excuse but the house elf stuff is couched in like humor and we have like pleasant characters you know we have dobby we have winky we have fun characters who are like dipping in and out of the less pleasant stuff to do with that storyline whereas i think this is like just completely irredeemable the house elves are at least like comedy butlers a lot of the time right (laughs) Right. like 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 okay um i obviously we we've talked about the house elf thing and why that's a problem but the centaurs are so clearly like native people Yes, and, and it's just and it's like it, it is not even gesturing at it. It is just it is just that right. Like it is very explicit. Yeah, th- th- this is a this is a chapter where a teacher is dragged off into the woods by dark skinned indigenous creatures. Yes, to, for for God knows what right. Uh, and it's just it I I just bad. No, I make I'm making the I'm making the cross, the the X sign with my hands at JK Rowling and blowing my whistle. Nope, nope, nope. We're we're not doing this. This is this is not good. Yeah, you just you just kicked her off of America's Got Talent is what you're telling me. <laughs> I have I have pressed yes, I've I've turned around in my chair, but I've pressed the X button. That's that's I've the said, voice. No. Oh, that's the voice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well she's kicked off of that too. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I hate to even get into this shit because it's it's just so by far maybe the most unpleasant thing we've had to talk talk about on this podcast yeah but i would feel bad if we did not call out specifically how horrible this shit is right like it it is deeply unpleasant uh and and nasty but it sure is there it sure is a whole chapter of that yeah, it's got awful. Um, and I, I feel like I'm always the one that does this that that also wants wants to look at, um, like like set all of that aside and look at what it does for the story we have here and say <laughs> mm-hmm. no- nothing. Like <laughs> it doesn't do anything. Like it isn't. It is not a satisfying thing. Hermione. It doesn't do anything. Like her Hermione's character of like having this plan like it it feels so much set up for this payoff that doesn't do anything it's there there i will i will say this if if i if i really roll up my sleeves and get into the muck here to search for something that's like remotely interesting and good like if if we cut out just the part where the centaurs are angry at hermione for bringing people into into the forest and she says, yeah, but we're not like Umbridge, right? Like, like we were hoping you would help us. And he, there's that line where he says like, you, oh, so you, you just think we're going to do your dirty work, right? Like, like this is how you, how you look at us. That part is super interesting and correct. And like, and like there's, that's a, um, that's an interesting character dynamic for, for Hermione to like, you know, Hermione sees herself as apart from Umbridge, as in like I am not racist against the half breed characters, right? Like, yeah, like I, I am, I am, I'm, I'm one of the good ones. I, I, I don't look down on you at all. But could you please kill our teacher for us or whatever, right? <laughs> like, like, like that is super interesting. Hermione's so crazy. She's the Joker. Joker's trick. 
<sighs> but like and so like that idea is really interesting where it completely falls apart is instead of the centaurs getting mad at her and saying like what the fuck is wrong with you who do you think we are they then confirm exactly what it what it is that hermione thought they would do by threatening to kill them right like, oh yeah <laughs> like so so the whole thing is moot uh uh the the it's it's uh i i, I don't know like you say it's it's the pocahontas song um i think the other thing that is worth talking about here uh, uh more from a story structure point of view rather than just digging into like the the just gross nastiness here is grop shows up to like help question mark and this is super funny to me because grop served the exact same function as the centaurs and he he kind of bursts in uh, uh from stage left to i i don't really know what like to to do the exact same thing to like to, he, to, to he also person. be there to be the <laughs> He bursts in to create a Tasmanian devil dust cloud with the centaurs and <laughs> and and leave the scene. Oh, it's so stupid. It's it, he 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 I, he's he's only so like yeah. What was Grop's purpose in this book? We met him like two chapters ago. He was teased for like the entire novel with Hagrid being beaten up and bloody and not talking about what it was that was hurting him. He he is introduced and then is not talked about again until he bursts through the wall like the t-rex in the in the jurassic park super nintendo game to like <laughs> eat the centaurs or whatever like he just he just appears and like there there we go that's that's all he was there for uh completely insane just 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 absolutely off the rails to i would say this is two entire uh uh plots that could have been cut from this novel no problem uh colliding to form one super bad plot that should have been cut from the novel which is impressive somehow we got the hagrid's hut farce that exists in every single one of these novels but we got it in the forbidden forest we got it in the forbidden forest as an action sequence yeah very cool i i think if there's there's one redeeming thing and i don't even know if this is a redeeming thing this is just like a a a writing detail that stuck with me um the description of like 50 arrows flying into his face and then him brushing his hand over his face to break the the bolts but pushing the arrowheads in further is very icky it's very icky and gruesome but in a way that i was like "Ooh, that's a very vivid image like i i i i I was at least like "Ooh, that's mm, that's quite a that's quite a that's painting quite a picture in my head i was kind Um, of disturbed by the what was it it's like golf ball sized blood droplets yes the hail sized droplets of blood uh that were falling on them yeah there there's some there's some visceral action description stuff that again maybe it's just because i was like looking for fucking anything in this chapter right like 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 please please fucking save me um from this nightmare so so i'm being maybe extra charitable here by saying damn the violence was well described but i it was i suppose um uh i can't believe that harry could not piece together what hagar meant they both are sitting like hagar what Hagar? And then what is that? And, and, and then and then he says Hermie, and Hermione is just like, I think he's 
saying my name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, stupid. <laughs> I, I don't know if this is a case of J.K. Rowling uh, imagining her writing as much more cinematic. Like in a in a film or something, you could make it sound much more ambiguous. But when you see yeah. the words written in a novel and then have the <laughs> characters be confused, that doesn't really work in the same yeah, way. It, 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 like you're right. Like in a film, if this was a screenplay uh you would throw a line like that in there just to like make sure the audience was still paying attention right like that like that's that's just feeding the audience like what they should be paying attention to and like that's fine it's really funny there there have been multiple times where you've uh picked up on these like oh these are very like cinematic moments right and it's really funny to me thinking like hearing you point those out and me going like and her screenplays are really bad too, right? Yeah. Like, like we, we we now know what her actual screenwriting looks like, and so it's really funny to like pick over these things that are like, oh, this is fairly cinematic in this book, or like feels like a screenplay, and then remember like, oh, and then she did write screenplays. Ooh, it makes me want to read her screenplays though, which is I'm a very yeah. cursed thing to say. I wonder if we should find a legal copy of that to purchase uh physically mm, yeah and and read uh uh cover to cover to to get a taste of her screenplay writing because because those are available to purchase legally at uh, target uh, at target for money and we will definitely do that if we are to look at the screenplays exactly <laughs> so they get away uh from this this horrible uh uh, uh nightmare tasmanian devil dust cloud as you say (laughs) um and then who should appear but the rest of the party i Uh, hated this this was i could not believe it i think i put my book down for like a second it's the second time this has happened you can't do this it's, they, they, they literally, literally walk in like they're in a horror movie parody and are like hey guys what's up I just can't get over the fact that we were already laughing at how they appeared in the last chapter when because of Hogwarts uh weird acoustics they were they heard Harry yelling in a classroom uh and and we're like hey what's up we heard you and then not not one not two chapters later they do the exact same thing they they they're like oh i bet they're in the i bet they're in this part of the forbidden forest here we are hey guys we saw a tasmanian tasmanian devil dust cloud (laughs) in the forbidden forest and decided to check it out (laughs) i here's the the image that i got so clearly in my head in this was like when you are playing like a jrpg or something and you walk into a room where a cutscene starts and like all the characters sort of like pop out of the main character that you've been <laughs> controlling so they're there for the cutscene right oh yeah like, like this this is like like we okay we've we've gotten through we did the, we did the centaur centaur boss battle mm-hmm. um we used the grop summon uh, and we defeated the boss, and then we we exited the room to go to the save point. But before we could get to the save point, all the characters popped out and said, "Damn, that was crazy!" Hey guys, what's up? That hey guys, was crazy. Hey guys, what's up? My favorite part of this is that they, uh, in a again a running theme in this book, I think Neville and Luna and Ginny kind of describe a much more interesting scene happening. 
Like they they describe their character development happening off screen. Oh yeah, we we had character development off screen. Like that I I can't I can't get over that that's how we are supposed to care about these characters. Like it's like damn, right. maybe if you had seen that you would care about us as characters, but here we are <laughs> to tell you about it. It's super funny because like on if if you were to map this out like if you did if you like went and looked at like jk rowling's note cards here right of what like like what storylines are are culminating here they make sense like the idea that like okay this is where uh uh, uh luna and Ginny and neville who have been in the da uh finally get to use the stuff they've been practicing in real life and they do it and 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 like hooray right they've learned the thing they've developed as characters it is so funny that once again just like in gobbled of fire with the pensive scenes these books have like suffered immensely by being locked into harry's perspective only right yeah because like, it's we all gotten, there like, yeah if we'd gotten like a neville pov chapter or something uh where where it described the fight that he had with the slytherins and what they did there and and, and them utilizing what it was they learned and in and, and, the da lessons it would it could have been really good like like the that development is there they did it it's just very funny that they because everything in this book has to revolve around harry's perspective or it didn't happen uh they they run up to harry and say hey harry guess what we did all the cool stuff you taught us somewhere else couldn't you couldn't see it but man it was cool I'm going to try to say this in the least mean way possible. <laughs> uh-huh. I think that there is a problem with the way a lot of people who maybe have Harry Potter as the kind of formative media that has kind of shaped the way they engage with media and characters going forward and in general mm-hmm. media criticism. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that it, Harry Potter kind of has some responsibility for that. And a good example, I think, is Ginny, um, because this is one of those things that is often cited as a as like counter evidence to why Ginny is not a flat character. Right. Mm-hmm. And it is literally like a it's like a list of events. And one of the big ones is like, well, oh, you think Ginny is like is weak or like isn't a good character well what do you say to her having uh used the the, uh, killer bat bogey hex on draco malfoy when when she was backed against the wall and didn't have like had to had to save everyone and it's like well yeah but there's more to it than just reciting an event that happened like we didn't see that happen but that is how the book treats her character as well yes yeah it <laughs> yeah it is it is the there there is more to character development than just like saying what they did right like that that doesn't that's that there's more work to do with characters than that and and for her to just like appear out of nowhere and say well i <laughs> I, I again to use like the rpg analogy but like 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 Harry is playing with his party with auto level on, right? Like she just, (laughs) she just appears and is like, well, I did cool stuff off screen and now I'm a higher level. And it's like, like, okay, but, but, but I don't actually have any, I I don't know what Ginny felt, thought, 
uh, uh, did during that whole thing. I'm just getting this information secondhand from her after the fact. And that is meant to like paper over her lack of like screen time for lack of a better word. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's so much like little character work that is done when you see those things play out like we don't mm-hmm. we don't know if she like overpowered draco malfoy and like had a duel with him and won or if she waited mm-hmm. and like waited to be like opportunistic or or, or yeah. any of that like there are so many things that could have happened that we don't know we just have we we have knowledge of an event that we didn't see and i and i hate i hate seeing people use stuff like that as like ironclad evidence that Ginny is like <laughs> a, like a a well-rounded character i think that like this is always like a very commonly cited moment but i think that for her character like the most telling thing or or her most like impactful moment for me so far in all of these books is is the part where um she kind of um like admonishes harry for forgetting that she was possessed by voldemort yes that's a really good moment because she's like super cold with him too she just sort of like ices him out yeah uh it's it's great that's a really good moment uh the the way that you have been describing this just set off a a a, a light bulb in a dark corner of my brain um and it is that calling what Ginny does here like satisfactory character development is basically the same thing as saying that uh, when Obi-Wan and Anakin are in the elevator at the beginning of episode oh, two, and, shit. He's ten, <laughs> and he's 10 years older and Harry is like, Oh, this is like when I rescued you from that nest of Gundarks or whatever. Uh, like, we that's all love not that. character development. That's not character development. That is, that is a, that is, you know, maybe alluding to character relationships at best, but you cannot say that that has developed the character. <laughs> it really is like that. <laughs> just Ginny appearing it's like oh i rescued luna from a nest of gundarks uh uh over there like what's luna like in a fight there's so many things that could have been really cool in that scene right like yeah just did, they, did they underestimate her like what did, like it, there's so much stuff that we could have yeah. found out if only we had seen it <laughs> if if only let's talk about something that's like a little bit better than this though how about the festrals festrals are cool huh festrals are neat festrals are cool they're horses with fangs they're all they got like reptile scales they're neat they're 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 some fantastic beasts if you ask me oh mm, i agree they are fantastic beasts yeah i i as as much as i despise the centaur content and as silly as the Ginny and 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 luna neville stuff is as they arrive to to like be part of this adventure uh i like i like the the festral stuff i i like this like this is at least a payoff of sorts right like except for the fact that hagrid has already said like yeah dumbledore likes to ride them sometimes god i forgot Uh, about that that'll, that'll never come up again like like aside from that um i i am i am into this this payoff of like oh uh uh to you know to get where he wants to go harry has to embrace this thing he's been afraid of this whole time it's 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 neat that's that's hey that that's character development uh that's that's real character development that's so themes too 
that's themes i so i kind of appreciated this this scene for what it's worth yeah i also think that this probably is the best luna moment which is when she uh, is described as riding side saddle on the thestral yes yes that was very cute um i will say though that like as you know this, this idea of like there's this whole argument about them like oh we're coming with you no you're not yes we are this whole back and forth was so stupid because like one like you said like these are three severely underdeveloped characters to be like bringing into the final battle right like like just all all of their potential has been squandered off camera uh you know not, not on the page they're just quickly filling harry in on what happened uh, as they arrive um but i have a theory about why these three characters are coming along for the ride specifically mm, what would that be this book all along was marketed and and like like described by jk rowling as like ah at the end of this one someone will die right yeah and this to me really just feels like like uh bringing in more characters into the final battle for the sake of it like this is just this is just purely there to build suspense like like you know you're throwing more variables in there who could it be who's gonna die i hope it's not neville right (laughs) (laughs) yes it is something that i did not consider um you did preview this theory to me yesterday and i was like oh that Mm. makes so much sense at the same time she really probably should have made us care about these characters if that was supposed to be attention and i think that's why i didn't think of it is because i'm like who gives a <laughs> shit like okay right. but luna dies okay yeah the character who was introduced in this book uh, uh if she had died that that would have been kind of funny but yeah the, the that that's like really the only thing i can think of because like as much as i neville especially is a character i want to like so much like I loved him. Remember when we were doing book one and we were talking about like, wow, Neville's sure in this a lot. Like, like he's he's getting way more character time than I thought. I I still am kind of holding a candle for Neville being this great character that's underappreciated. He, but he just he has had at least like three good moments throughout the mm-hmm. series. Which now that I say that out loud, sounds like I'm making a joke, and I'm not. <laughs> I'm not trying to, um, because I'm like, oh, I, I can think of like three really uh, like powerful, impactful like character moments that he's had, which is probably more than I can say about a lot of the characters. Like book one, standing up to his friends. I thought that I thought I think it's like a cute moment, and I think it's like yeah. good. It fits the tone of like a kids' book and doesn't feel hokey or like overly moralizing. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Um, I le- I really uh, legitimately in this book enjoyed his the stuff with his parents, and I also liked yes. seeing Harry reflecting like on that and like not telling a secret like between harry like keeping that secret and also keeping snapes i think that did a lot for harry's character um Mm -hmm. and then i also really liked the scene in the beginning of this book where um harry is feeling like uh, apart from his friends that were prefix and we have that that time on the on the train with neville like that wasn't my favorite scene or anything but i thought that was kind of like a neat setup yeah definitely and i i i think we talked about this on the actual episode for the Gobble to Fire movie, but I really appreciated the changes that the movie made to Neville to bring him in more. Yeah. I almost wish that like as blasphemous as as it is for me to say, because obviously 
he would have been replacing Dobby's role in Goblet of Fire. Hmm. Um, but having Harry when he's when he's on the rocks with Ron, h- hanging out with Neville more, and Neville kind of like ambiently studying herbology around Harry. I really liked that stuff. It it made the second task make a lot more sense uh narratively. Yep. Um and it just like gave Neville something to do and like like r- was like a good reminder I feel like to the audience like yeah, like Harry has other friends, right? Uh and it was it was just cool to see Neville around more, I guess. I I I I really like that's like the you know, that movie is not great, but I think if there's one thing that really sets it apart is like this 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 adaptation change of like having neville front and center uh, uh as sort of like uh harry's surrogate friend while him and ron are fighting yeah definitely um and and like yeah it would have would have been great to see dobby he probably deserved to, to <laughs> do something other than just be someone that shows up to save the day for no reason like it made a lot <laughs> like the the stuff neville did made a lot more sense for neville and also just yes. felt more satisfying yes absolutely yeah i i like that so, so so neville is a character that i really want to love in these books but it makes it difficult when they do all of his character development off you know somewhere else while harry is fighting a centaur i hate that luna and neville's presence here makes harry rambo again yeah oh he's such a fucking prick he's so horrible to them uh this all through i mean like it is it's difficult so once once they get to the ministry i mean like there's 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 all the stuff with them riding there um and 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 them like going into you know down through the elevator and like through the empty ministry where like harry is just being very commandeering and and uh and demanding and like i'm torn on this because i think on the one hand i think that is so stupid for his character (laughs) on the other hand i um there is like an inherent sadness to the way that his like he is he is being shitty to the people who believe in him most yeah who and he and he is not he can't see that and like this has been a this and this has been like a running theme in this book right is like he was he 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 freaked out on ron and hermione at the beginning uh he he was you know rude to Ginny in that scene that you were mentioning where you know where he forgot that she was possessed uh he he was you know uh resistant to even starting the da because he kind of looked down on everyone because they hadn't been through the shit he had right like (laughs) like there's as as dumb as the way that it manifests in his like rambo dialogue the the like tragic way that like harry i mean it's not even like active mistreatment it's just like uh um um he has tunnel vision and can't appreciate that all these people stick around with him while he's freaking out about shit. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's, that is, there's something there. There's a powerful nugget there. I think. I think it just needs to be more developed. Like really at the end of the day, like I, I definitely, I see, I see the thread and I, and and there's a story that I love, which is, 
someone who's taking themselves too seriously a little bit like mm-hmm. or or thinks they know more than they do and 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 on mm-hmm. and on and you know the hubris of teenagers and and all of that stuff but it just kind of pops up and in and out and i just don't think that we know enough for it to feel anything but kind of annoying and and moreover <laughs> like this argument that he has with with uh, Luna, Jenny, and Neville, like he's being an asshole in kind of an annoying way, but at the same time, from a like me reading this perspective, I don't care if they go to the ministry because I don't care about these characters, <laughs> right, and, I, yeah. and I'm stuck in this like bizarre um, place. And it, it honestly reminded me a little bit of the same feeling where a character will say like, this doesn't make sense. And it's like, well, maybe, maybe at the point where you're writing that <laughs> you should rethink it, which is where <laughs> yeah. Harry's like, why would you go? It de- like what you're not a part of this. And I'm reading that and saying like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Who are you yeah, guys? Stop. Yeah, stop drawing attention to it. It's a little you're you're it's a little too on the nose here, right? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I agree. It's 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 I so much of like like my read on this, you know, my my read on like Harry and Harry learning how to treat friends and 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 what have you. Like that is my most generous read possible, right? like like frankly i'm with i'm i'm honestly starting to agree with a lot of the like uh uh, reddit comments you know and like the the peanut gallery comments you often see about this book which is like harry is too emo harry is an asshole and i'm kind of like honestly starting to get on their side he's just kind of irritating to read uh which is weird for me to say because generally i love shitty characters right like like that's that's fun to read for me usually, but it's just, it's so underdeveloped and so focused. It's almost like only aesthetic. Like all his dialogue is really snitty and shitty and like snappy with everyone. Yeah. And it's just, I feel like I'm on the receiving end of it because I'm not getting any of his internal development here. Right. Yeah. I, I guess my take is just that honestly, it's like it either needs to go way harder or just exactly. not do it at all because it's just it's <laughs> just not fun. And then there's like another thing that kind of had me grinding my teeth. And I think it's in the next chapter, the Department of Mysteries. I, I kind of mix it up because it basically just like the Thestral flight just kind of goes in, like it just kind of keeps going. But um, <laughs> there, there's a way that Harry is acting that again, I think could be okay if it was one, what the story was about and two more developed, but it makes me very uncomfortable that it just goes kind of like uncommented on. And it's how his thing ends up feeling very like he, like he's Rambo. Right. But it Mm -hmm. comes off as kind of like paternal sometimes they're, they're like maybe that's crazy but i was just like at the part where they're writing the the thestrals and he's like grizzled experienced like war veteran guy and then he hears like a shriek and he's like oh looks behind like he looks behind him and he's like i don't see any bodies falling the girls must be okay and i'm like fuck you harry i hate you <laughs> yeah yeah no that's 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 spot on yeah he's 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 kind of just becoming team dad but not in a way where it feels intentional he's like like if, if this was if this was a story i mean, I mean i'll hold on to this because i because because the 
the story ultimately is about him biting off more than he can chew right yeah um uh and and i do like the way that this chapter concludes uh the department of mysteries but i i don't know how much of that stuff that you're describing is meant to tie into that right like is his old if his whole attitude is meant to tie into this story about him his hubris and him thinking that he is more badass than he really is that's i think that's appropriate but it it just doesn't no one comments on it like like if it like there was no point where like if if he had like turned around and was like oh i guess the you know no bodies falling i guess the girls are okay like ron <laughs> doesn't go like what the fuck are you talking about dude like you're not my fucking dad like 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 you know there's no i think we've said this before even like on, on similar scenes in other chapters but like there it's it's difficult to pick up on whether or not that's the intended read because none of these characters seem to push back at him at all yeah it, it i i mean the th- the reason i i don't even think that it's supposed to come off that way is the thing and and maybe that's like maybe i'm not being very generous because you're right one of the things is that he's he's biting off more than he can chew and he's not as experienced as he is but i just have i just have flashbacks from like high school of like all all of the like very like traditional like teen boys just decided in like 11th grade they're like i protect women now and that's oh, how abso- and that's how harry absolutely. came off to me and i'm like oh that yeah. gives me the creeps harry stop yeah. it and it's also just yeah, for absolutely. no reason whatsoever also like just that line specifically is so funny because it's like harry would freak the fuck out if he saw a body falling right like what is he gonna like okay i didn't see any like if there had been a body would he just keep going like oh one down yeah (laughs) right yeah like he's not yeah he's not fucking master chief like he's not (laughs) (laughs) he's not like making a calculated sack he's not like oh okay squaws some of you may fall but it's for the greater good we have we have to get the this covenant bomb back to their ship he's not doing that like like i just harry calm down man that's all i have to say to him what do you think of the actual department of mysteries like scene harry joined the j rotsy (laughs) he's a j rotsy kid it's horrible he's he's harry is harry's joining the military because they'll 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 give you a, a dodge charger at the end of your tour so fucked up we're gonna give him uh, a the, firebolt <laughs> the department of mysteries was fine it, it, i felt like i was in um there's a lot of video game references this episode oh, yeah. hey gamers um hey, gamers. I, I feel like there's a dungeon in twilight princess where you have to like rotate a circular room and open up doors yes. and that's all i was thinking I, of. No, the, specifically that room that like room with like the circular doors where they where it would like rotate each time and they would have to like mark which ones they'd been through that was so that is so like video game dungeon design oh yeah oh man and that twilight princess uh cuts like it would cut make you watch a cut scene of like pushing the every, every time. single time like oh i think there was one of those like i can't remember what they're called um the like laser blow you up things in the middle of the room so that's what it reminded me of also there is another like very visual cinematic description that she throws in here which is um the like 
room swirling and then the like blue flames becoming like a like a neon line yeah i thought that was kind of cool like that's an interesting description although how much neon is harry seeing uh in his life that's a good question like like where is harry going where he's seeing neon lights because <laughs> he's he's 15 years old and it's not like the dursleys take him to london like he's not going to london to club right like he's not he's not taking the bus into town and like like going to uh going to any bars or anything so i don't i, I i'm curious how how much neon he's seen I, um, I can't imagine i feel like that was more of a note to the visual designers of the film yes, a, li- a little yes. bit um the there so i i like this scene the, the stuff that i like the most is the like intentionally weird shit um i love i love my favorite detail in this whole reading is that when the voice comes over the phone as they're going into the department of mysteries and asks like for name and business and he like tells them actually what they're doing and he gets the 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 name tag that says uh harry potter rescue mission on it i love that that's That's, so whimsical that's great that's the kind of shit i love like and and that Mm, that is so frustrating in a way though because like that if you want to make these books darker but still have that kind of whimsical edge to them that's the kind of humor like that's that's a good, oh yeah that's good dark humor right just like like the like the bureau the bureaucratic magic world like has given him this this name tag that says he's on like a to hit in his mind like a life or death rescue mission right like that is super funny it it is such a bummer that the like the uh, i don't want to say message what these books are trying to say is that the bureaucracy is is bad unless the good guys are in charge like that is such a bummer yes yeah yeah i meant if if this is a more like biting satire like there's that idea that we, we that we've talked about multiple times where like there's this vision of harry potter if if like we were handed the keys to harry potter and said you get to adapt these books into movies again right like mm-hmm. i i just feel like we could there's so much room here for this really fun satire that drills into the specifics of like how weird it is that the like these characters live in this magic world where anything is possible and the world they built is basically indistinguishable from like normal real life capitalist society right i love that i love that it's like what do we do with this this incredible magic that has no limits and it's like uh build a bureaucracy i guess (laughs) yeah like the same shit that that we did without it right like i love that concept that's that's a really uh fascinating realm for like some satire work yeah but but, like that's not really where where these books go instead i i like the atmosphere of of the department of mysteries scene but and, and tell me if I'm being too critical here. Uh, you know, the the, the, the centaur stuff left stuff to, such a bad taste in my mouth. Maybe I was just being hypercritical this whole re- reading. But did some of the Department of Mysteries stuff strike you as like baby's first weird fiction? Yeah. I'm specifically thinking about the the room full of clocks that they enter with the hummingbird that's like repeating uh uh 
you know, for, at, like like birthing and unbirthing, just like like for, in a loop forever in a bell jar. And like that's I, a, I had honestly completely forgotten about that until you are just saying it right yeah, now. Like, now like, I'm like, oh yeah, but I just I, didn't even. It's it's just so like ah the mystery of time, right? Like like that's the, we have the time department. It's just like come on, it's a little. It's a little much, I think. Or not no, actually I, I take that back. It's not a little much. It's not enough. It's not weird enough. If if you're if if the thing that is is hiding in the super secret dreamscape department that Harry has been teased about for an entire book, I wanna see something fucking weirder than like what if there were a bunch of clocks, right? Like, like I, 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 that's just not enough, right? I think that this book should have leaned into that stuff way, way more and the whole time. Why could have Harry not have been seeing that imagery in his visions and oh, stuff? If his, if his dreams had all that weird shit in it, that would be cool. Or the veil, if the veil had been in his dreams more. Because I will say, I think that scene where they see the veil and like Harry gets really interested in it and Hermione gets like super antsy about it. I thought that scene was pretty cool i like that a lot yeah like that that imagery is very vivid uh and 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 also spooky because i think i think as we find out like this is this is like the execution room right like like yeah. this is how criminals are executed and so like this description of it being like a dais with like an amphitheater like seating arrangement around it is so creepy and 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 like has implications that are fascinating I, I i thought that part was actually quite cool yeah and and i i i will always like a, a corny a corny thematic thing for harry i, I think again like the 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 theme that i like the mm -hmm. most about harry potter is usually about harry embracing death right like yes. i love that yeah. he is attracted to that i i do like the little parallel with luna there because i think she also hears here's stuff coming from the veil but i think that stuff is like is spooky and fun yeah that stuff is really neat i i so yeah i was i was ragging on the on the on the time room and the orbs but i, I think that part's cool um but yeah well how about these orbs huh the orb, orb oh, chamber. we finally we finally get to check out these orbs orb room orb room or we're finally room. here we're finally here room full of orbs the Damn, ball, there's a lot of orbs in there. The huh? ballroom, ballroom dancing. Is that anything? I mean, sure. I mean, <laughs> you know, there's all those, there's all those balls in there. Uh, this this whole book has been dancing around that. That's true. Dancing around these balls. Dancing around the balls. Uh, so, I, 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 mm, the 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 prophecy MacGuffin. I we don't <laughs> we we don't get into it much in this chapter. So I I guess I don't have that much to say about it other than like I mm, mm, the fact that the prophecies are like physical like objects is so oh a physical orb a physical object yes sorry it's an orb <laughs> um is so. I don't know how to feel about like like I guess I'll, I'll I'll have more thoughts on this once we actually like get to the the orb involved scenes, but I, it is mm, okay. This is the department of mysteries, right? Mm -hmm. And 
the, like we, we've been going through like like jk rowling had half a glass of wine turned on the tv started watching firewalk with me and like kind of was like oh this is cool and weird but it was a little too weird so i'm not gonna go that far right um, there's a room with clocks in it how about that right like like just good like, enough like really really basic uh uh like you know strange imagery but the more i think about it the more i'm bothered by the fact that like these prophecies are like cataloged and stored and like literal objects if that makes sense like that that to me is like an unmystery like that is a that 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 is like sucking all of the interest out of the the thing to me it, it almost feels like it would work better in a more mundane setting right like like yes. there would just be like a department of prophecies and it would be like like very like mundane and be like oh yeah it's all it's like it's all in here and we catalog it but it's just kind of hanging out right if this was like an x-files episode or something right where it's like oh here's this weird government department that, that exists in real life that has prophecies like that would be kind of interesting it's funny you say that because that is honestly what i thought of is the x-files episode where they where they go into the the big filing cabinet room and scully finds oh, her yeah. her file, like, file with her all of her info and like dna and stuff yeah you're right huh ah oh, the x-files is cool we should watch the it x-files cool. sometime yeah uh, um but yeah i i just i there I, I i i will reserve full judgment until we find out what happens with the orb and what lucius and voldemort want with the orb and how the orb breaks i remember the orb breaks and shouts some shit at them right um i don't know um, it might be a movie but I, i'm not sure uh <laughs> right yeah um but like i i just that that is such a deflating idea to be like the answer to this spooky dream he's had this whole time from hallway yeah. hallway door orb all good shit love all those those are all symbols mm, oh yeah um but once the orb tells you in plain english exactly what's going on or what what will be going on uh, uh that kind of that mystique is gone right yeah but you know you get five books in and you just have to have an orb tell you what's going on you have to have the orb tell you what's going on that is true because people are going to co- go to your your FAQ um, on your GeoCities yes. website and be like, hey, what is going on? What's we going on with these orbs? In. What's going on? Um, well, I'm going to need an orb to tell me. I'm going to need an orb to tell me what's going on in these books. I don't know. I will say as as kind of hmm, as I am on like what's happening here. Uh, I do. I do love a good Lucius Malfoy reveal. So this reveal is a good example of how like it i think this is the most satisfying thing that's happened in this entire book (laughs) and it's kind of funny that it is a thing that is punishing our main character yes Uh but i was like oh that's juicy that's so good and then i think about how in the last chapter that was supposed to be like our satisfying um like defeat the main villain moment with umbridge the most hated villain in the entire like harry potter lore Mm. and it was so immensely unsatisfying and felt like nothing but i have to say that harry being so dumb and so reckless and not giving a shit about other people 
and, and just like being like, this has to do with me. I'm going to find out what it is, even though that has like fucked him over every single other time <laughs> and picking it up and having Lucius Malfoy be there to be like, hey, idiot, you suck. <laughs> it's like perfect. I'm like, thank yes. God. Yes. I loved that. Yeah, it was it was good. And and it it's it's the it's the kind of chapter ending i love so much in these books the the just like the tv episode cliffhanger ending it's it's just it's it's that is the kind of uh, of stuff that i enjoy in these books when when it when it and it has fun right like like nothing about that umbrage shit was fun no. uh, it was it was harrowing uh, uh and not again not in a fun way like and, and and like not in an appropriate way i i i'm not saying you can't write dark stories like lord knows i love i love a good dark fantasy story but like it, it is it just comes out of left field and just feels wildly inappropriate for this book and this series whereas like this is the kind of shit i can get behind like oh the villain was here the whole time he's been he's been waiting He's been waiting in a in a in a I don't know in a in a cubby somewhere, listening to the Point Break soundtrack on his Walkman, and then he hears the kids <laughs> go, and he's like, "Fucking finally, I'm gonna I'm gonna own this kid." Oh, like, he's that's probably sitting great. in that chair that's set up for all the, for Arthur Weasley to oh, sit. On. They like take they take yes. like breaks. It's like sometimes Arthur Weasley is watch watching, or like sometimes it's Broderick Abode. But tonight was <laughs> Lucius Malfoy Lucius. sitting there. He's like falling asleep listening to his Walkman. Yeah, but he dragged it all the way through the department of just like empty department of mysteries, dragging dragging this chair along the floor, squeaking just like ugh, I'm gonna have to <laughs> wait here for hours for Harry Potter to show up. Ah. <sighs> I love that. So, so kind of, kind of redeemed, I suppose, by the end of this, these chapters. But, but I cannot stress just how, how, just how cat banana face I was at our at our first chapter here. Just definitely, really, really gnarly, unpleasant stuff. Um, have you got anything else to say on these chapters, or shall we take a break and come back and explore J.K. Rowling's website? That sounds good to me. All right. We will catch you after the break. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Uh, if you have not been listening to our bonus episodes, uh, this will be news to you. We are finally taking the plunge into JK Rowling's old website, uh, on the Shrieking Shack, uh, on the, on the Patreon episode, we kind of dug into her old rumors section. And today we're going to be digging into the rubbish bin on our main episode. Now, uh, for those who don't know, because we have, we've mentioned it offhand, I think a few times in a few episodes, but I don't think we've dedicated a segment to it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, JK Rowling had a GeoCities ass website, uh, in the early two thousands. Uh, we're, we are looking at a, at a way back machine instance from November, 2005. Mm. Uh, and, and she basically treated it like a blog it, her, her it used to just be like a professional like here's links to buy the books website but it is it, it kind of spun out into like classic classic blogger stuff um 
which is really fun to get into now considering that she's like not on twitter anymore and like i need i need my my toxic jk content oh yeah i i thrive on on her weird her her weird writing and this is a, a particularly special section of her website called the rubbish bin that uh lists and grades stories about her in the news uh on by how uh toxic they are is what she says so perfect uh so i I will read this because it has a legend for us to follow here (laughs) it is inevitable that amongst all the uh who knows how many harry potter slash jk rowling stories that appear in the press there will be some that are less than accurate this is a great place to tell you the truth about some of the more fiction than fact articles below is my handy at a glance guide to the kind of rubbish you will find in my bin (laughs) starting to smell true in essentials but exaggerated or distorted excessive additives grain of truth obscured by thick crust of inaccuracies recycled untruth that turns up with monotonous regularity hate that moldy old untruth that resurfaces unexpectedly i like that the 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 time frame of the articles matters apparently to this grading system pure garbage no idea how this made the papers Mm. and then finally toxic hurtful does damage oh shit uh we are going to be spending most of our time in the pure garbage section because that is that is where she puts the most stuff uh but we're gonna start small we're gonna start in the starting to smell section because there is a classic here that we have if you've been listening to our podcast uh uh since the beginning we have alluded to this one for a long long time uh Mm. this is this is one of the first weird things we found that i i think might have like spurred us on to like make this podcast in the first place <laughs> this is this is such a classic uh the article that she has labeled as uh, starting to smell is jk rowling creates 15 bedroom mansion i was deeply amused to read recent reports in UK, uk newspapers that we have just applied for planning permission to create a 15 bedroom home after all even dudley only required two bedrooms it's quite true that we have been doing building work on our house in edinburgh but as we are not setting up a hotel we went for a slightly more moderate number of sleeping quarters divide 15 by 3 and you might find yourself a little closer to the truth actually (laughs) it now occurs to me that divide by 3 is a good rule to apply to a lot of news stories oh wow Mm, mm. those journalists always fudging the numbers oh yeah i love this one because it's the idea that like the number of bedrooms is the only excess that can be criticized in a mansion is very funny to me like like oh my my ridiculous historical mansion that we're bolting new wings onto well it's not bedrooms so you can't criticize me you can't criticize that um i i really think that just because you're a celeb that has things written about them in the paper i don't know if you need to compile all of the mean things people say about you on your own website no 
No, I, I, in fact, I would say if you have enough money to burn to like expand your mansion, mm. maybe, maybe just give up on, on it. You know, like what, what is, what is one excessively critical article going to do about your, like, like jokes on them. I'm like, oh, you think that I have too many mansion uh, bedrooms in my mansion? Well, I live in the mansion. So what now, loser? Right? Like, like you, just take just take that tack. You don't have to keep on coming out here. Stay in stay in your mansion. I think that these posts really inform a lot of what I think about Rita Skeeter. And like yes. why and why she wrote that in there. Like she's mad online. She's she's mad so online mad. in 2005. She's she's a boomer. She's she's just she's just typical baby boomer posting on Facebook about like the li- the lying media, right? Like it's it's just 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 completely normie behavior, but because she has a billion million dollars, it it is manifesting in a way funnier way on her own blog. written written in her writing room in her uh palatious mansion right like just just very funny uh we're going to the excessive additive section now jk Mm. rowling vetoed steven spielberg as the director of the first harry potter film now i'm gonna read what she said here but i actually have some uh conflicting information here I don't choose directors for the Harry Potter films. I've met all three men who've had the job to date, Chris Columbus, Alfonso Cuaron, and Mike Newell, and I've liked all of them very much, enjoyed answering their questions about the characters and plot, and have been delighted with the films they've made. I have not seen Goblet yet, but the omens are good. Uh, But that's the full extent of my involvement with directors. Steven Spielberg did consider directing Philosopher's Stone, but decided against it. Anyone who thinks I could or would have vetoed him needs to get their quick quotes quill serviced. Oh, so she, oh, she literally says that journalists are Rita Skeeter. Okay. 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 So yeah, so you, we, we know where she's coming from now. The mask off. JK Rowling doesn't give a fuck. Um, now this is weird because I, I hate to say it, but I think JK Rowling is telling a little bit of a porky here what uh steven spielberg if i'm remembering right was not on board to direct philosopher's stone what steven spielberg wanted to do was make it a 3d animated cartoon that combined the first three books into one movie and jk rowling and warner brothers said fuck that no that was a good call, to be honest. Uh, good, good call for sure, but but like I, that is when we when I was doing the research for the the Sorcerer's Stone film, uh, that that was a really common and like well sourced, I think, uh, 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 tr- uh, um, uh, record of the events was that was that they <laughs> that that she wouldn't she didn't want to condense the movie uh, the films into into anything. She wanted one film per book. They did that to a series of unfortunate events, didn't they? Yes, they did. The first, the one that has Jim Carrey in it is like all of the books in one, basically, I think. That's a weird movie. It was a weird direction that things could have gone, right? It was like, okay, mm. we're either going to condense books into um, into one movie or we're going to make three movies out of The Hobbit. 
right yeah yeah nothing nothing can just be the number of things that it is uh adapting (laughs) it has to either be much more or much less uh god i can't even imagine how you would combine the first three books like like that would be that seems like a really tall order yeah would that really just be like acts one two and three as each book I have no idea. Or maybe it would be like, oh, we get one year at Hogwarts, but it's just like drawing from, multi- from multiple each. sources. Like like instead of the Sorcerer's Stone, Sirius Black is being held in the third floor corridor or something, right? Like and, and It's very interesting. Yeah, it's a weird it's weird to think about. I'm not sure how how that would have uh panned out. But now we gotta get to the good shit. We're going to pure garbage zone. Good, finally. Here we go. Number one in pure garbage zone. Uh, J.K. Rowling does Pilates, yoga, jogs, has Botox injections, and has cut out saturated fats. Why even read the tabloids? Yeah, why, why even, why look at this stuff? Apparently, I've been rolling back the years, ho ho. Yes, the secret behind my new, ahem, health and beauty regime has been confided to a British newspaper by a friend. Now, most people stop having imaginary friends once they're adults. Ooh, this is why I love this so much. She is, she is on one in all of these. She's so mad. This is the energy that we've been missing. This is yeah. the, this is the, the bangs out a, a, a night before Christmas Jeremy Corbyn parody energy. Yeah, and then threatens to sue someone with like nine followers or whatever. Yeah. Like just 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 this is the shit I crave. Uh but mine sometimes drop in on journalists to give them completely unrecognizable accounts of my life. My carbon-based friends, however, if I if asked whether I jog, do Pilates and yoga, have a frozen forehead or refuse cake, might well suffer some kind of mirth-induced internal injury. Oh, 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 oh. Ho ho ho. <laughs> It would be churlish not to thank the journalist concerned for saying that I look better now than I did in the early days of Harry Potter's success, and I am indeed grateful for the underlying compliment. In the interests of accuracy, however, I must point out that far from losing weight, I've gained a good bit since the before photographs featured in the article. So J.K. Rowling's top tip for the day is eat more. Perhaps my next project could be a revolutionary diet book. Wow. This is a weird one. Because obviously this article is weird. This is a this is some you know typical invasive tabloid stuff. But like you say, why why address this at all? Um, the other thing being like I don't know if this is something that 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 like you've noticed, but in the documentaries and stuff we've watched, J.K. Rowling like does look a lot like younger in more recent stuff than she did in older stuff. But I think the answer to that is simply, she has a fuck ton of money to throw around. She's got a lot of money. Yes. She's got a lot of money to spend, to pay stylists with, right? Like, like that is not, yeah, totally. That's not a criticism at all. Right. Like, (laughs) like just, it's just, I, I feel like she should have taken her own advice here and maybe just read. This as the, you know, taken the underlying compliment here. Right. Like, like like ultimately as as dumb as this article may have been like oh she does pilates pilates and yoga just 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 i don't know laugh at it and say like well all that article is saying is damn jk rowling looks good now right like yeah 
weird weird to get into into uh, into it with random journalists more than that moving on jk rowling has no right to talk about the glorification of healthy or unhealthy underweight women in some sections of the media because there's a fat boy in her books what this is this is this is good shit sorry can you can can everyone hear the uh the the bells happening in the background there yes i was just gonna ask if i thought maybe it was an ice cream truck driving by We're back. Uh, ask not for whom the bell tolls. It tolled for me, apparently. That was a little spooky. Yeah, yeah. The last thing I heard was, um, does anyone else hear these bells? And then, and then it disconnected. <laughs> so a, little, a little bit of a, a creepy pasta on the street cast today. Oh, I love it. Yeah, sorry. I have a window open because it's been it's been very stuffy and uh, and I'm pretty close to a church that does that does a noon bell. So. Oh, it sounded like an ice cream truck to me. We were on to the pure garbage section and we were going to learn all about how J.K. Rowling has no right to talk about the glorification of unhealthy underweight women in some sections of the media because there's a fat boy in her books. That's a long mouthful of a headline. Um, but uh, Yeah, that's not go. really news. That sounds like an op-ed to me. <laughs> that's an opinion, I think. Yeah. Uh, there have been several variants of this story, all of which were written by people who have never re- never read past chapter two of Philosopher's Stone. Oh, come chose, on. I'm sure or, they have. Or chose simply to ignore what the rest of us fondly term facts. Oh, shit. I thought of listing all the many characters in Harry Potter who are on the plumper side. To oh, demonstrate- my God. <laughs> She's so horrible to demonstrate what a very diverse group of personalities they are, how they include several of my most important, admirable and lovable characters and how overweight in no way equates to bad in my fictional world. Oh, come on. So, yeah, one, come on. But here is the icing on the cake. But Andy from MuggleNet has done it for me. And then she includes a link to a MuggleNet op-ed. Andy, oh, I really owe you because I've used the time you saved me to type up half a chapter of the book instead. <laughs> this is psycho. <laughs> she, she's just sending her muggle net goons after people. What the fuck? They're still writing these to this day, like the, these impassioned defenses. I feel like we read some of them for like Crimes of Grindelwald and yes. stuff. Yeah. Well, we we read the we read that uh, article about haters. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, what a what a trip. Um, uh, the I I just can't. I cannot imagine being J.K. Rowling, being in her position, having her wealth, and like seeing someone write a slightly negative, like op-ed about the portrayal of fat characters in her series, and to go, well, Andy from MuggleNet has has dissected your argument, my good sir. Checkmate. Like, oh my god, <laughs> chill, J.K. Here's another one from the pure garbage section. J.K. Rowling is not a real person, but the name given to a group of anonymous writers. This is just like a joke. This theory originated in Norway, which figures. Excuse me? (laughs) Excuse me? 
What? Is there some is there some cultural context I'm missing here? Well, okay, so she sort of contextualizes it with this follow-up, but it is still very weird. Nobody who is familiar with the UK press could possibly imagine that such a massive fraud would remain unexposed for longer than 10 minutes. What? I this is a real this is a real like buckshot blast uh, <laughs> that I that I don't think hits quite the intended targets that she's aiming for here. I legitimately thought that you were going to tell me that like the theory that Shakespeare was a multiple people like originated in Norway or something. Oh, right? Yeah. No. Still weird. Figures. Still fucking Norway. Fucking Norwegians. Uh, <laughs> It's always the fucking Norwegians. Um uh no, no. She 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 she's just kind of get, throwing a sarcastic dig at the UK press for for constantly uncovering stuff. It, it feels which... like Norway got caught in the crossfire a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> yeah. Also, this was granted this was written in 2007, but like even sarcastically uh the the suggestion that there could never possibly be any sort of cover-up in england about anything mm. is a real collar tugger oof. uh 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 mm, oof ah a couple years she would uh probably regret this one i guess but what a weird what a weird scattershot joke here just i can't get over it originated in norway which figures yeah, fun fact, in Norway, they just don't believe a single author can write a book. It's always a team. That's just a little Norwegian folk legend. <laughs> uh, here's another one. Uh, uh, wait, where, ooh, where's the one? Do we fall Is off there? of the Wayback Machine? Wayback Machine's kind of funky sometimes. Uh, according to a British newspaper, I recently appeared at a British literary festival, and when I, was I content to take home a nice bit of pottery or leatherwork as a souvenir? No, not good enough for me. I decided to buy myself a palatial Brazilian holiday home while I was there. Okay, this is a little spooky. I said palatial earlier, not knowing that this word hmm. was going to be thrown around later. I have, I have Rowling. It's the word of the day. If any Brazilian Harry Potter fans are reading this and wondering why they never got a chance to buy tickets to hear me read, it's because I've never been to Brazil. And if any Brazilian property dealers are wondering why they didn't get my business, it's because I have never bought a house in Brazil either. Not even the sumptuous colonial-style mansion whose grounds nudge the edge of a forest, described in the article. My imaginary neighbor was Mick Jagger, too. I'd say you couldn't make it up, except someone has... Yeah, it's really important that she call that one out. Yeah, just if if you're going to address this at all, just say no, I didn't. Why is <laughs> why is it why is it such an ordeal every time? Uh, this is a short one, but it's very funny. Uh, pure garbage. Rolling hates Harry Potter. <laughs> I love Harry Potter, and I always will. Beautiful. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Uh. J.K. Rowling is riled by being seen as a children's author. 
absolute garbage. I have said many times that if I remain a children's author forever, I will never see this as being a lesser, easier, or less serious career than writing for adults. Whenever I have discussed the possibility of writing adult fiction, it has nearly always been because an interviewer has asked, might you one day write a book for adults? Again, Joe, you don't have to respond to all these. Mad online. Mad online. Uh oh. Oh no, that one was a 502 bad gate. Okay, thank goodness. This is a good one. Uh this one is just called Joni. Oh. According to a recent article in a UK newspaper, I am known to my good friends as Joni. Just for the record, <laughs> nobody in the whole course of my life has ever called me Joni. I am looking forward to finding out what my husband calls me. Kevin, perhaps. Wait, what? What? <laughs> what? Uh, what's up? What's up, JK? What's up? What? Kevin? Kevin, Kevin I, I guess. Well, I'm really I'm really glad that that one was set straight. Yeah. Uh here's I think this is the last one from our our rubbish bin adventures here, uh but it is a very good one. Harry Potter is based on JK Rowling's cousin. Once more, I put fingers to keyboard to state wearily that Harry is a completely imaginary character. He is not based on any of the men I have met during my lifetime who wore glasses or any of the boys who had a scar somewhere on their face or any of my friends who went to boarding school. But wait, now I stop and think about it. I'm the real Harry Potter. I wear glasses. I've got a scar. My school had houses. I sometimes got into trouble. So stand by to read a story in some tabloid tomorrow titled Rolling Demands Half Share of Own Royalties. What is she hiding? What is she? She's fucking on one. Uh, unfortunately and depressingly, these sorts of stories crop up all the time. See my quote unquote biography. There is nothing any author can do to stop people claiming that they have inspired characters. I only tell the truth and trust that readers with a grain of sense will know whom to believe. We did meet Ron, though. Sean. We did meet Ron. We did. She even said that. She even <laughs> said that was him. So it's only natural that people would speculate, I suppose. Uh, yes, that 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 is the end of the her her wonderful weird journalistic uh uh takedown section uh there are a couple of other things i would like to dip into very quickly which is the uh rumors section i love rumors uh the rumors section is dedicated mostly to her uh just just taking a big old dump on fan theories she hates these so much yeah. um uh and uh <laughs> they're very funny to go through because again much like the um uh, uh much like the uh uh journal uh journalism side of this these are all things that she just really did not have to uh have to address but i'm glad she did because as usual she is just in prime internet snark form this is like jk rowling honestly she could have written for the maddox website like it has that oh my energy. god it really does it really has that energy sometimes wait is she behind the snape twitter account 
that would be the biggest scoop in the world. Could you imagine <laughs> if we if we unmasked the Snape account and it's just like J.K. Rowling's alt where she gets to bitch all the time? Uh, I still think it's Maddox, but it's, but a, it's a tantalizing what if, question. What if both are true? Oh, it shit. is Maddox, but Maddox is J.K. Rowling. Uh, I thought you were gonna say that it was like a Maddox J.K. Rowling team effort that oh if if jk rowling was like friends with maddox like they just met at some like internet i don't know like like panel or something that would be very funny it 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 would be simultaneously very surprising but also i'd be like yeah that makes sense <laughs> yeah sure i think i think that I actually out. i feel i feel like maybe i'm insulting maddox a little more than i intend even though <laughs> Um, I, I want to get into the, uh, uh, let's see the, what, what, what should I call this? The, the titling, uh, uh, section of this rumors category, because there were, if anyone remembers what it was like being in this fandom, like, like at the time between books, like what is the next one going to be called was just like the biggest fucking deal every time. Oh yeah. Um, and and like between books like four, five and six and seven, there were like enough years that things would like kind of spin out of control sometimes in kind of funny ways. And this one is one of my favorites. Book six is called The Pillar of Storage. <laughs> I am trying very hard not to feel offended that anyone thought this was possible storage for crying out loud come on people get a grip what's wrong with storage what's wrong with pillars of storage uh then this is this is a follow-up uh book six is called the toenail of Icklebog. <laughs> well if you believe the storage one dot 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 what's wrong with the toenail of what's what? wrong with <laughs> what's wrong with the toenail of and here we go with another one. Book seven will be called Harry Potter and the Pyramids of Fermat. The Pyramids of Fermat lie a few miles east of the famous Fortress of Shadows, not far from the magnificent Pillars of Storage. Can Many you tourists... please go there? Please. <laughs> Many tourists prefer to view these ancient monuments at night where they are illuminated by the green flame torch. She's being she's she's being a little she's being a little sassy. I'm just putting those in my, I'm just putting those in my notes. Can we can we take a shrieking shack trip to the pillars of storage? I I, I feel like I storage. feel like Hurtwood House should maybe take a little field trip. The Hurtwood House should take a field trip to the pillars of storage and see what we can find. Ah, uh, we can go check out the pyramid and the what the something of shadow. That sounds the, the, great. The realm, yeah, the realm of shadows. Yeah, that sounds awesome. That's that's so cool. And I have a hard time feeling like that's worse than the camping trip we actually got. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, here's another one. Book seven will be titled Harry Potter in the Graveyard of Memories. Yes. Wow, Please. I never thought of that. Now I've got three titles to choose from. We Only have, kidding. We have it a whole Legend of Zelda game here. It's right yeah. here in front of us. <laughs> These are all our dungeons. <laughs> Only kidding. It won't be called HP and the GOM. Just kidding. It sucks. Just fucking kidding. Ugh. 
uh what are the other any, any other title ones those are so good she's so angry about these ones there will be a chapter in half-blood prince called lupin's papers uh <laughs> I've already answered this, but as the rumor is still cropping up in fan letters, I thought I'd reiterate here. There will be no chapter called Lupin's Papers. No Lupin's Papers. No Lupin's Papers. Nor will there be a chapter titled Pettigrew's Pamphlets, Sirius's (laughs) Circulars, or the Pocket Crosswords of Severus Snape. Hey, why not? I want to know about Snape's crossword. Yeah, is that canon? Hey, is that canon? Hey, Joe, is that canon? Let me remind you once again that any quote unquote information about the contents of <laughs> Half-Blood Prince should be treated with extreme skepticism unless it comes from this website or from my publishers. The silly season is upon us. There's bound to be an inside leak, i.e. total fabrication anytime now. I feel like if I were her, I would put at least one of those in the books. It's chapter titles. Who gives a shit? put yeah, lupin's papers let, in put lupin's papers in there let them go to the pillars of storage why not uh <laughs> i love silly season it's it's fucking silly season y'all we're <laughs> book six is going to be called harry potter and the green flame torch or the mountain of fantasy again these sound fucking awesome <sighs> Charlie Bone and the Mountain of Fantasy. And book seven is going to be called Harry Potter and the Fortress of Shadows. Yes. Yes. Not even close. Who makes these up? And this green torch business seems to be cropping up everywhere. Do you really think getting rid of Voldemort would be that easy? I actually don't know what that last part's about. What do you I mean, to be fair, she did name the last book after what they needed to defeat Voldemort. Yeah, that yes, that is a weird it is weird to uh uh use that as your evidence against why it won't be titled something. Uh when I mean that's basically what all the titles are, right? Like they're just like a a, a thing that they go to in the books or or pick up in the books. It's not actually like you think they'll need a green torch you idiot <laughs> you fucking stupid moron <laughs> uh the painting on the walls of the study means something no there's well, no meaning no there's no meaning oh this okay uh, i'll skip this one because this, this this requires a visual aid i forgot that there was a flash version of this website mm um which which i guess when you go to the study there is a painting there um, but I can't see it, so I have no idea what uh, uh, what that could possibly mean. Now, there's one other angle here that I love, which is the J.K. Rowling could just not let things go ever, mm. and and just will not uh, uh, let a theory hang without shooting it down. Oh yeah, like this this one is something where i'm like i'm an if i'm an author and people are thinking this stuff i'm not going to answer it because i want people to wonder about this stuff this one is relevant to uh to to our reading uh the last part of the prophecy means that harry and neville will have to kill each other inventive and intriguing but wrong see the answer in the poll question for a little more elucidation on neville's relation to the prophecy why, yeah, why, why answer sh- that why why ruin ambiguity 
Yeah, why 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 not? Just leave it. There's one here. Peter Pettigrew's silver hand will be killed to use used to kill Remus Lupin. Nice idea. Clearly predicated on the legend that only a silver bullet can kill a werewolf, but incorrect. Why shoot it down? I always thought that. That was that, that was something yes. that I was often like, oh yeah, that'll definitely happen. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. I I th- these are funny because she's honestly shooting down like good ideas. Yeah, and she doesn't need to do them. But it's fun no. to think about that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Colin and Dennis Creevy will be the new Gryffindor beaters. Nice idea, but no. The new <laughs> Gryffindor beaters will be completely new finds of the new captains. Why say anything? The book's not at... Why spoil all this shit? <laughs> like, imagine like imagine if, like, a trailer comes out. Like, okay, the Star Wars trailer that just came out, right? Yeah, if J.J. Abrams, okay, for one thing, not a great trailer, I don't think. Well, we could talk about that off air, maybe. But uh, imagine if J.J. Abrams was out there going like, no, the red eyes on C-3PO are not because he's on that good cush. Stop, stop <laughs> theorizing that. C-3PO does not smoke. Like, like, if he was just out there getting really pissed off about, like, jokes people were making, I just i can't imagine having the energy to do this at this point she had books to write yeah i'd watch that video though oh you're right if if other creators were this crazy about like controlling their image it would be very funny but i'm uh, on the other hand it is very funny that this is just like a a bizarre uh uh jk rowling uh uh specific quirk i suppose i'm gonna finish with one more here because this one is very funny at the end of book seven, Harry and Voldemort will merge to form a single persona who will command both the forces of good and evil. Wow. This is not really a rumor, more a lone theory on the net that the son of a friend of mine pointed out to me. What? Wait, he wants, what? <laughs> he wants me to repudiate it, so I'm repudiating. Harry will not merge with Voldemort to become a single entity, nor would Harry ever wish to command Death Eaters slash Dementors slash Inferni. Is that what's happening? Like, is it her friends and family that are like, hey, have you seen this? (laughs) She's like, no. Hey, check this out. Is this true? Oh, my God. Could you imagine? I would love to have that power. (laughs) Like, especially because remember that part in that documentary we watched where she was being really shitty about how like you learn how your real friends are when they don't ask you for money right like yeah like like imagine like oh you ask like oh my car my car need needs replacing i just i have no money uh it was totaled i i I, jk can i get a loan to to get a get a a new car you're the only person i can i can reach out to and she's like "Mm, no i think i'd rather be uh refuting fan theories on my (laughs) blog and then you're just like okay well fuck you then and just start feeding her all this like misinformation that you're finding on on blogs or whatever to (laughs) to get her pissed off like that would be my revenge incredible it yeah it, it makes her so mad it's it makes really her funny. she's clearly so mad about this stuff like why like like okay i you know it's it's funny that she responds at all but like i get it the the new stories about her personal life or like lies about whether or not she's been in brazil or whatever that's at least like about her right like i i still don't think the move is to is to blog snarkily about it online 
but i get it i get seeing those and being bothered yes but but the rumor section which is just earnestly just people uh like enjoying the story and coming up with theories and like celebrating her work basically right yeah um and to just get mad at that is so funny it just feels like it it kind of she's kind of shooting herself in the foot like even something like i think that the idea that harry and voldemort are going to morph at the end of the story and become this one being and command the forces of good and evil is really stupid and would never happen in one million years and what would the point be right (laughs) but you you don't have to specifically make a point to say no because they're that person that wrote that is going to read the books and see that that doesn't happen I I I have another theory which is that this this friend's son this was their theory but they were like too embarrassed to like own it so they were like um Mrs. Wowing what if at the end of the uh, the end of the books the, the the Voldemort and Howie combine and become one guy and they command all the guys would that would that be real? And J.K. Rowling is like, no, that's stupid. No, and where did you see that? <laughs> where did you see that? And the kid's like, uh, on online. I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> well, there's so much more on here. I can't wait to dig into more of this. But it, it's it's uh, this has been a long time coming. The the J.K. Rowling website stuff is incredible, and I I I'm I'm excited to archive this stuff. Oh yeah. Some of it is just truly fascinating. Well, uh, and we should... with her not being on Twitter, we need to we need to be careful. We need to ration this out because we need to we yeah. need to survive oh, a long yeah. winter. <laughs> yeah, we we have our yeah we have our 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 our, our bunker with rations of <laughs> of J.K. Rowling content that we need to slowly uh, <laughs> slowly work through because once it's gone, it might be gone forever if she never comes back. Yeah. But uh, I think we should probably take things to the close. What do you say? Yeah. All right. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can find them on Bandcamp. You can find us on patreon.com slash streetcast. We have so many fun bonus episodes there for you, including more of uh, an exploration of J.K. Rowling's website. If you... Uh, if you're into that kind of thing uh it's a lot of fun i'm i'm, I'm so happy to be uh digging into this stuff it's it's very funny uh and liz what are we going to read next week so i think we can read one chapter it is chapter th- okay. 35 beyond the veil i think there's going to be a lot of action and i think we're going to mm. get our big our big moment in this who one will it be who will, will it be, be? Neville? might be luna will it be luna will it be Ginny? will it be bode hmm. will it be dingle yeah it's hard uh, well, we it, just don't know we just don't know who could it possibly be uh well okay i'm excited uh that'll be a fun one that'll this is a this is a big watershed moment for the fandom so so i'm sure we'll be able to find lots of fun stuff to discuss next week but we have got to move along and kill umbridge are you ready yeah this is number 27 beat her to death with a sock Thanks to my class for that one, dot, dot, dot. And then in brackets, Tavid. Class. What? So maybe I'm guessing that, that, that Tavid or Tavid, I'm, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, uh, 
maybe maybe someone in in our heroes class suggested this one yeah do you think it was, uh, there was like a vote <laughs> like hey hey gather around friends i'm gonna put one of your we're gonna vote on one of your suggestions uh and uh and 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 who who should win but tavid mm-hmm. uh, yeah I... flute piano oh of course yeah is in the comments uh now ne- absolutely not illuminating anything for us at all here they say ah ha 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 tavid with an asterisk and that they have typed out with an asterisk this is very mysterious this this we we have landed on the mysterious planet and and someone is saying darmok and jalad mm-hmm. at tanagra to us i have no idea what any of this means i don't think you can beat someone to death with a sock unless there's something in it but <laughs> yeah but this this child they saw they saw some movie uh where someone gets hit with a blackjack or something but they don't know what it is and so they just think damn if i swing a sock real hard at someone it'll kill them i wasn't sure if that's maybe what it was or if it's like this like theory of like you could like you can kill someone as long as you did like do it enough like any, any <laughs> one thing enough will kill someone i'm not sure um but i'm glad flute piano enjoyed it as well and yeah, maybe I'm is always... in their class yeah, I'm I'm very I'm getting a very interesting picture of of how this project came together <laughs> because of this. So, well, you know, we did two chapters last week and we're doing one chapter this week. So, hey, you have room. You have no excuse. Please read another book. Please read another book. Makes ocean rolls seem tame But I know what you're after If you catch a eye Cause this hot mama Is just a cat in disguise